Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host, former mayor of a California beach town and best-selling author, Debbie Peterson. And also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, the list goes on and on. And we are so proud to have finally made number one caregiver podcast of the top 50, uh, actually out of thousands on Feedspot and the top 50 on Player FM and on CaringVillage.com. So we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. We've been doing this for 10 years, hundreds and hundreds of interviews under our belt from caregivers and caregiver experts because all caregivers are caregiver experts um listen if your friends and family have been telling you for years you need to write a book that's what they were telling me <laughs> and you've struggled to put pen to paper i was writing a book for 20 years until i found someone who says oh i can do it in 30 days well we're going to help you write a book today in 30 minutes from 30 days to 30 minutes pastor turned celebrity kingmaker he's called by some as the Simon Cowell of book publishing, founder, 1040impact.org to end human trafficking. He's most proud of his four sons and two grandsons. His authors have spoken on six continents, and several of their books have been optioned for movies. Wow. I want to be one of them. Uh, but before we get started, I do want to take this moment and thank my last week's guest, Cheryl Mim, CEO and founder of Global Caregivers Network and organizer of the inaugural National Family Caregiver Conference back in 2021. And she just completed this year's conference where I was one of the keynote speakers. It was a great event. I'm thinking about 400 people showed up, but I haven't confirmed that number yet. That's how many showed up last year. So, Michael, so great to have you on the Caregiver Dave show. It's great to be here, Caregiver Dave. It's good to see you and Debbie here. And uh, you know, it's been been fun to get to know you over the last year and a half. And great to finally be on the show. Congrats for going number one. That is no small feat. So you no, did it. It's not, but uh, God can do all things. And for those of you who don't know, Michael Butler published my last book, Secrets from the Hammock, if it doesn't disappear. There it is. <laughs> Uncommon there it is. Wisdom for Uncommon Times. <clears throat> Zoom doesn't like the color green for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. So anyway, uh, I always like to ask my guests, especially the ones who it's their first time, which it is for you, why, who is Michael Butler and why was he placed on this earth? You know, you know, that's a great question. I've spent the better part of four decades figuring that out. And uh, sometimes it takes a minute to figure that out you know in my my first career as a pastor and my my time when my children were young i can remember having two boys in diapers at the same time on two different occasions and um you know michael matthew joshua and jeremiah raising them with their mom it just 
the days go by so quick, but you don't realize the seeds that you're planting are turning into an amazing garden. You know, and sometimes I grew up on the farm in Oklahoma and we were in a small town and I can remember we had a one acre plot of ground that dad wanted to turn into a a, a garden. We grew up, on, he grew up on the dairy farm in Oklahoma and he was trying to reconnect with his roots. He was really trying to reconnect with God. And, um, he bought, he and mom bought that farm and me and my brother's chores all summer long was oh. from time we woke up till noon, we worked that garden, ages seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And we couldn't, couldn't go swimming, couldn't play baseball until noon, until lunchtime. And after lunch, we were free to play, but they would wake us up at seven and we would work that garden. And I used to curse that garden. And I can remember shoveling horse manure into that garden. And I can, I can just remember despising being in that garden, but you know, when the end of summer came around and you had fresh watermelons and you had fresh strawberries and mom made strawberry shortcake and, you know, we had tomatoes and green beans and delicious organic fruits and vegetables. That's what it's about. And, you know, when it comes to writing your book and we've published 791 titles, authors in 64 nations publishing your book, Secrets from the Hammock. Uh, we've seen a lot of stuff and most people get stuck in their story and they've been trying to write their book for six years or 16 years. Talk to a lady the other day, Dave. She'd been trying to write her book for 26 years. And I invited her to be on our next webinar, write your book in one hour. And uh, she's going to learn how to write her book in an hour because it's a matter of making decision. I'm going to do it. And once right. you decide you're going to do it and you know why you're going to do it, and you know who you're writing your book for, and you know what action you want the reader to take, it doesn't take long to get that book out. And so in my new book, Book Idea to Bestseller in 30 Days, I teach people how to write their book, how to go bestseller, how to literal launch it in 30 days without chat GPT. You know, Michael, it's sad that um, the great people in this country, this country was built by people like you, people like me, people like Debbie, the older generation, who had a great childhood, who was taught the work ethic, the parents, mm -hmm. you know, understood the importance of this country, appreciated it. And all that's gone. I don't know anybody who's teaching their kids that it's it's the me society, you know, just give me give me what uh, give them what they want and so on. And these are our leaders uh, to be. And um, we are we're starting to see the writing on the wall now, the crime the people in, in Washington who are passing insane laws that's making our country weaker, not better. It's the first time, you know, I apologize to my kids and grandkids. I say, I'm so sorry that we are giving you a country in worse shape than when it was given to us, you know, and uh, it's your opportunity now. It's your obligation to do something about it. That's why one of the uh, duties of Mayor Debbie there, she's uh, teaching people how to take control of your communities you know it starts at the school board meetings starts at the city councils and that's where unfortunately people either learn how to be corrupt or they learn how to be great you know i'm writing a book right now with my dad on how to win uh school board elections my dad was the president of the school board and i can remember he went through the local phone book in the town of six thousand people and literally called everybody in the phone book and those that he knew personally he called twice and he ended up winning in a landslide but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this about the tiktok generation don't write them off they're being manipulated right now by short videos that have captured them and the fentanyl 
all thing that's happening to poison them. But where wickedness is abound, grace much more abounds. And you don't know the seeds that have been planted in a garden that are going to bring a harvest. And so I, I did something after after 40 years of be, 43 years of being away from the garden and swearing I would never do that in my home in San Antonio this spring. You know what I did? I bought a tiller. I got some horse manure, and I'm out there tilling up the garden in March. You're forcing your grandkids to do it too, right? <laughs> Absolutely, because you know what? There's enough organic seed that's on the inside of the hearts and minds of this generation. Listen, when you plant a seed, it's not going to return void. It's going to come back. It's going to grow. And that's why it's so important to get your book out. It's why it's so important to share those stories. You know, before we had television, before we had the golden age of radio, we had oral traditions that we passed down from generation to generation. I mean, there were hieroglyphics, you know, and before we had the cavemen writing on the stories of redemption on the walls, God says that the heavens declare the glory of God in Psalms 19 so that we are without excuse. Every generation has had a witness of the greatness on the inside of them that they were possible of. And I love what Ronald Reagan said. You know, I wrote him a letter when I was 12 in my seventh grade class congratulating him on winning the presidency. He wrote a letter back thanking me for his support. But wow. he's he's the great communicator is famous for saying we're only one generation away from extinction. But when I see discouraging things happen, you know, you, you, you've got to get your news from everywhere, just not from one or two sources. Realize that there's amazing, great things that are happening. There's a generation of young people like the Charlie Kirks of the world and huh. the the patriots of today that are saying, you know what? Printing more dollars is not the solution. Teaching responsibility and taking ownership of your life, taking ownership of your local school boards and mayoral offices is. So that's really where the magic is. It's at the grassroots level. And so most people, they want to enjoy the organic fresh fruits and vegetables. They just don't want to shovel the manure. But I'm going to say whatever seeds you planted in the past, don't forget to water them. Don't forget to put the sunlight on them and don't forget to pull the weeds because if we tend the garden and that that was the job of the first garden garden right um was to to watch it protect it and keep it that means to mind it and so you know there's a lot of hunter gatherer mindsets in business and in the world these days but i like to think like a farmer my dad taught me how to think like a farmer and planting seeds you don't just add things additionally you add things in duplication exponentially if you water and don't give up 30 60 100 fold michael can you really i mean there are caregivers out there i was one of them who felt like they had a story in them and you know i've literally been writing my book and journaling it for 20 years and i had someone over for dinner and he was telling me how he uh you know met uh, craig and craig was doing a 30-day thing and i says well, god i want to do that you know and the next thing i knew uh yeah. i had my book in 30 days and now uh, you, you can actually uh, lay the foundations in 30 minutes. Can you really do that? Explain how it just sounds so impossible. And that's part of what keeps someone back from writing a book because they don't think it's possible to do it in their lifetime. 
Well, never underestimate the power of decision making. And when you decide this is what I'm called to do, it's 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 no more time to delay. Most people delay because they're perfectionists. And you know what? It's very selfish of you to be a perfectionist and to delay because now is the time. Some people say, I'm going to wait till I'm on my deathbed. I'm going to wait till I'm 90 years old to write my memoirs. Listen, the world doesn't need your memoirs 70 years from now. We need your story right now. So start now. So the first thing you want to do is just like running a marathon. 15% of Americans want to run a marathon and 15% of Americans want to write a book um, or 85% of Americans want to write. 85% of Americans want to run a marathon. Only 15% ever do. So the first thing I did when I, when I realized, hey, I was 39 and a half years old. I got six months out before my first marathon. It was on my bucket list. You need a year to train for a marathon that day i went on social media and i said six months from now i'm going to cross the finish line 22 miles the route 66 marathon in tulsa oklahoma and i put on my running shoes and i went out and i ran a block and i was out of breath i couldn't breathe i'm thinking i'm having a bad day next day i put on my running shoes i go out i run a block in two mailboxes i'm about to die (laughs) i drag my my couch potato butt back home i google running shoes and i google running club and i joined a running club and listen if you're going to do anything you got to go public with it you got to decide to do it don't keep it secret if you want to lose weight if you want to retire early if you want to write a book whatever your goal is you got to go public with it and you got to have friends around you that'll hold you accountable six months later six months later after shin splints and everything i'm crossing that finish line and all four of my sons michael matt josh and jeremiah ages 14 12 10 and 8 ran the last three miles with me we crossed the finish line together greatest day of my life and it started with the decision that says i'm gonna run and I'm going to run in group, make the decision and then go make it happen. We've had people go on TV interviews, as you know, with the book cover and the book's not done, but you're, you've scotch taped a faux cover up because yeah. it's available for pre-order. Yeah. Dan, you've got all kinds of pressure on you if you're speaking in an event next week to get the dang done. We're going to kick you in the seat of the pants. And hey, don't worry about typos. You can fix those in the second edition. Just get the book out. You know, if Steve Jobs would have waited till, till the iPhone was perfect, we would still be doing flip phones today. <laughs> so after all of that, all the reasons we should do it, what are what are the things that we should not put in that book? Well, I'm going to say anything? this. The number one reason people should write a book is for credibility. There's a lot of different people reasons people write a book. To gain more customers, to get credibility, to get on more stages, to get more media interviews. I mean, um, event planners will tell you that you're 68% more likely to get the media interview and the speaking gig over the speaker that doesn't have a book. But there are some things you should not put in a book. So, for example, a lot of my authors with 791 titles, we get a lot of feedback from authors and 64 nations that say this book was better than therapy this was so cathartic and and me my book was such a healing therapeutic journal i'm going to say that 95 percent of what you write when you're healing from a bankruptcy a divorce a loss of a child loss of a business doesn't need to be in your book and here's why that 70 percent of readers globally are reading fiction and 90% of globally are women, okay? When it comes to nonfiction books, if you're writing your memoirs, now it's okay if you're just doing a bucket list book to get it off your list and say, hey, I wrote my memoirs so my grandkids would know what I'm about. That's okay. Maybe you don't want to sell any books. But if you want to sell books and really impact lives, 
You want to take your story and turn it into a how-to book, not give us the horse manure and minutia, but give us the organic fruits and vegetables, the three principles I learned during XYZ, the five keys to self-help that I uncovered going through this um, and and share what you learn, make it a how-to book. You know your story, but people are typing into Google how to retire early, how to blend a family, how to start a business, how to fund a business, how to run a marriage marathon in six months, those how to write a book in 30 days, how to be a paid professional speaker. If you're if you're writing a book that people are asking about, not many people have written about, you're going to get found, you're going to get the media, you're going to get the stage. And so that's what you want to leave out. You want to include as much of the minutia as is necessary to make it pop for the reader. But you got to realize most people don't have the bandwidth They've got their own trauma they're dealing with. They just want to know what's in it. They'll give you $25. You're somebody they don't know because you're going to heal their pain and it talk about it in chapter three. Wow. Great advice. Yeah. Um, especially for caregivers. You know, a lot of caregivers are going through hell. Uh, they were drafted into this. They didn't plan it. It's not on their resume. And the positive side of caregiving is that they're learning so much. And like me, I, I knew that there were other caregivers who were going through what I was going through. And I just had to share my stuff. I wrote four books and there is no better way. And you should start by journaling. People say, well, I don't have enough information. Well, journal. That's the beginning of a book, isn't it? Yes, it's totally the beginning of the book. I know when my son was going through leukemia, he's now 14 years cancer free, but he got three rounds of chemo. He was oh, a, diagnosed with myeloid leukemia oh. when he was 15, had a bone marrow transplant. In fact, he's my number three son and my number one and my number two son uh, were perfect donor matches. So they were literally fighting over who's going to get to donate. <laughs> and so um, it, it was a time for us because we looked around. There weren't, and this was you know, uh, 14, 15 years ago, there weren't books on the topic. The medical establishment didn't have resources for us. They'd have people that would come in and visit and uh, and things like that. But uh, kudos to what you're doing. You know, you you do kind of figure this out as you go. And and that that's the thing now, because when you look at uh, I mean, a lot of people thought the Internet killed publishing, but readership is up globally. And the way we I remember we had as kids encyclopedias, we had print bound encyclopedias in a bookshelf that we would write a research paper on. You'd go look something up in the encyclopedia. We didn't have Google, right? And so um, I like to say that the Bible brought us out of the dark ages. The first book that rolled off the printing press was the Bible. It brought a re- about the Renaissance. Yeah. And so now when you see what the internet's done with the proliferation of books, there's at least four to 5 million new books being published every year. Wow. Uh, and that's not counting books that don't have ISBN numbers. So what will your book do? And knowledge is doubling in some industries every month. So it's really important to pick a lane and when you do something as important as as patient advocacy, being a caregiver, you've got the medical side, you've got the nursing community, you've got the patient's family. So you're dealing with that's three different books right there. And so it the more you can niche, the more you can reach. And so you yeah. got to figure out the mistake a lot of new op is they try to put five topics in one book. You're better off writing five books with five different topics yeah. than try to squeeze them all into one book. Yeah, it's one thing writing a book, but it's another thing uh, selling a book. How do you get global distribution and bestseller status with your book? You're able to do, to do that, right? Help people get there? 
Yeah, it's very important. You know, we, we live in an age when anybody can self-publish on Amazon. There's pros and cons to that. The The upside is you can get your book out quickly. The downside is nobody ever really sees your book. You know, when it comes to be a self-published author, the average self-published author never sells more than 200 books. Amazon is not a, a proactive sales site. It's basically a digital billboard on a deserted island because only 50% of the world's books sales come from Amazon. They're only in 15 countries and there's 190 countries that recognize ISBNs and sell books and have bookstores. So uh, when it comes to getting global distribution, just ask your publisher, search around. I'm happy to do a free consult. They can jump on my calendar. I'm not afraid to tell you if your baby looks ugly. Um, I will give you feedback on your book, your book cover, your title. You know, know you, your title and subtitle are the first thing they look at. The second thing they look at is the back cover content content, what's in it for them. And then when they open up and see a chapter in here that says dress for success to get more speaking gigs, how to negotiate speaking gigs, how to get invited back, they'll buy your book just based on one of those. So it it is, you know, global distribution. You got to realize books in English, 76% of books in English are bought and read outside the U.S. So if you're just self-publishing, you're going to miss 90% of your potential readership. So if that's the case, then how you how do you suggest you sell if it's not just Amazon self-publishing, then um, how I mean, obviously, you're suggesting we work with you. But but what what do you do that's different than those things? Yeah, there's one of three ways an author can publish. They can self-publish, they can shop for a traditional publisher, or they can shop for a hybrid publisher. Those are the three options. And they should really do their due diligence and ask around and uh, and and check it out, you know, because not all publishers pay the same royalties. Not all publishers uh, give the author the rights to their book. It's very important as an author that your intellectual property that you wrote, you should be able to repurpose that. And uh, with you, when you go with traditional publishing, you don't get to repurpose that and you only make about seven to 15% on royalties. So it's very important to ask all these questions, know what the questions are. And I like to say this, you know, I own a house here in Texas. And if I have a plumbing issue or an electrical issue, sure, I could go to YouTube and watch videos, but I don't really want to blow myself up uh, or end up in the hospital, call an expert. And it's the same way with publishing. If you want to do something right, uh, talk to the expert. You'll invest a little bit in your project on the front end, but you'll have greater reach and be able to sell more books and make more money on the back end. You know, And that's really what it's about, right? Most fiction writers cannot write a nonfiction book and vice versa, or is that not correct? Yeah, it's kind of like mental ambidextry. You know, I I think uh, very few people, and if we were to look at the numbers, it's probably less than 1% are able to do that. I'm certainly not able to do that. And um, uh, I've certainly tried, but it's a very difficult move to to make. So um, uh, I always say this, when you're writing a book, have a strategy of what do you want it to do for you? Most Most authors don't make their big money on the book sales, but think about if you've got a coaching program, if you've got a mastermind program, if you've got something to share beyond the book, use the book as a lead to bring people into your funnel and to provide value. I know, Dave, you host uh, an event. You host a an event in Acapulco for advocates and where you do a deep dive on how they can expand and improve what they're doing. And if you've got a program like that, we've got a program around writing your book in, in, in 60 minutes. We've around becoming a paid professional speaker. And it all starts with the book because here's what happens. Most readers don't read past page nine. 
Okay, just just frank and honest with you there. They've got your book, they get busy, they get sidetracked, or they go to a specific chapter, they read one chapter and they lay it down and they're done with it. But you've got to realize for the people that read past and read the entire book, they are ready to invest because before they didn't know you. Um, they If they hear you on a podcast, these are all statistical numbers that are out there that you can Google. If they hear you on a podcast, they'll spend $200 with you because they know you that well. Well, if they read every page of your book, ready to invest $2,000 to $3,000 in a coaching program or a mastermind with you. Why not make the offer? And you you hook them in the front of the book and say, hey, we've got more stuff toward the end, stick around. And then you drop these breadcrumbs and then you invite them to participate more fully. So it's the broad end of the funnel book. It's the anchor tenant if you were in real estate and everything else flows around that anchor tenant that's producing income for you to add value to your customers. It's the same with speakers too. A lot of speakers, you know, think they make money off of the speaking fees, and maybe some of them do, a tiny little percentage. But like our mentor, we all have the same mentor, Clint Arthur. He makes his money by selling from the places that he speaks, and he doesn't even mind paying people to get on their stage to speak because he knows he can make millions by doing it that way. I am the exact same way. I love paying to be on stages, and I tell people when. What do you charge to be on stage? I say $140,000 an hour because the last time I paid to be on stage, you know, I spoke for 20 minutes and I did $140,000 an hour. So um, you can charge me to be on your stage all day long. I would love to do that. <laughs> well, let me ask that the other way around. Suppose suppose your thing really is that you are an author, not that you're selling, you know, that you're selling something, but you really are an author. You're a writer. Do you, uh, if you're getting speaking gigs, does that ever help sell books? Yeah, yeah, they complement one another. I mean, we work with a lot of people in the pageant space from the Miss Universe pageant, the Miss America pageant, and those ladies normally a platform. They're passionate about human trafficking. They're passionate about uh, quality media and producing quality content or whatever the case might be. And so that gives them more opportunity because they go on the media. Those are free media interviews, but people go and follow them on social media. They they invite them to come speak at an event or see an event and they get paid for that, but they have a bigger plan, a bigger purpose. So you you want to do a strategy around if you're a coach, you know, what what is it you you charge for right now? You know, if you get a client on a retainer for 12 months, maybe that client's paying you $12,000 or $24,000 to coach them for a year and you reverse engineer your numbers and you realize we had a financial client recently. He's done eight books and he gave away a $20 book. He got a $200 million uh, financial portfolio. And I said, Seth, are you going to continue to give away those $20 books? And he said, you know it all day long. He had been giving away free books for about seven or eight years and he had picked up clients here and there that had a million dollar portfolio, but a $200 million portfolio, think about it, he's going to keep publishing books. So you've got a bigger purpose because this becomes your business card. People aren't going to throw it away. And even if they never read it, if they just see it, uh, if you're a doctor, chiropractor, you're a dentist, and it's in your waiting room, you've established credibility. You've gone on a media interview. They're talking to you about your book. It doesn't matter if anybody buys it or reads it. Just the fact that you wrote that book makes you the expert and gives you an opportunity to speak in these situations. So 
I'm sure there's National Caregiver Weeks. There's National Caregiver Days. Any topic that you can imagine, you could go to the national editorial calendar for whatever country. And if there's not a holiday celebrating what you are expert at, you create one and you become the expert on that and create the movement. That's right. And, you know, our mentor also teaches us how to book ourselves on TV. And it's so much easier to do it if you have a book. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been on Absolutely. 59 TV programs, mostly because I've got a book to talk about. It's either a book about my gas station, book about my caregiving, or a book about wisdom. But Debbie yeah. has a book about, uh, you know, corruption politics. and mm -hmm. politics and being mayor. And she has a great title, Mayor Debbie. Yeah, you know what's really interesting, interesting about that is anybody who would have dared to say anything against me, and that's usually the corrupt ones I wrote about, they don't dare anymore because the book is there. You know, uh, it's like you're wearing, t -shirt. you're wearing a T-shirt that says, watch yes, out or I'll yes, write about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I can't believe how well, time is gone, Michael. We're, uh, let's wrap it up because we've run out of time. But uh, what do you want to say in the final moments? that we didn't have a chance to talk about and what people can do to get a hold of you uh, if they too want to be a published author? Yeah, sure. Napoleon said the pen, the pen is mightier than the sword. So so there you go. Uh, you can change the world. I'm happy to give a free book consult. You can jump on my calendar at getpublished.beyondpublishing.net. That's in the show notes, getpublished.beyondpublishing.net. Happy to give any of your leaders a, a, a book consult. It's a $500 value. I'll give you 30 minutes of my time. Wow. Way to go. And listen, um, I do want Great to, to be with you, Dave and Debbie. Oh, the pleasure is ours. And I can't uh, I can't tell you what an honor it is to have you on the show. You've done a lot of good for me and for many, many other people. And I just want to remind everybody, all our shows become live rec recorded podcasts and videocasts on all your favorite platforms. My number one best-selling book, published by my guest here, Secrets of the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is spreading wisdom all over the world. It's available wherever books are sold. Target, where are some of the other places that you help get the books? Yeah, walmart.com, uh, chapters up in Canada, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, barnesandnoble.com. Anywhere books are sold, literally you can walk into a bookstore in Sydney, Australia, or in Sri Lanka. My books are not written in a different language. But different countries who don't speak English are selling my books. So yep. you're doing a good job. Uh, also, don't forget my Caregiver Dave Facebook online community, 34,000 caregivers, lots of tools, resources, videos, this radio show, and much, much more. And on our Facebook page, I'm sorry, on our website, uh, we can also resolve whatever you're going through in, in 30 minutes because I offer a free 30-minute initial coaching call, talk about whatever you're struggling with. My co-host, Mayor Debbie, is at MayorDebbie.com. And please click the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this on. It helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google search engine algorithms. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? And a true heartfelt thank you to all my listeners out there and my guests today all over the world for tuning in every Wednesday, making us the number one caregiver radio show on the Internet. So until next week, same time, same channel. May God richly bless you all. Bye-bye. I'm Dave Nassani. My fourth book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is a number one bestseller on Amazon. As a young boy, I was told I possessed an unusual amount of wisdom for my age. As a young man, 
I found myself counseling friends and older family members whenever they needed answers to their problems. Then at 21, I read the Bible for the very first time and learned how King Solomon asked God for wisdom instead of riches, yet he received both. I was so impressed that I too asked God for wisdom. Soon after, I discovered when lying on my hammock, I would receive wisdom from God. This book is the result of my passion to share with the world wisdom's tremendous benefits. Join me as I reveal practical aspects of wisdom for the mind, body, and spirit. 31 lessons I learned from God that can change your life. Available in hardcover, audible, Kindle, and paperback, wherever books are sold. I've spoken all over the country and London, and am available to speak at your event. Contact me at hammockwisdom.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. 